Oh, look, it's us. And it's The Story Goes here from the closet at KLRN Studios. I am Molly, and that is Kieran. We're back. <laughs> we are with SA2020, and this is a collaborative podcast between SA2020 and KLRN, your local public television station. And since we host The Story Goes, uh, we're doing exactly what you should do when you host. <laughs> Which is whatever you want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. We're the guests today. We've, we've decided we're the guests today. Well, to be fair, right, when we first started this entire thing, it was a conversation um, with Katrina over at KLRN. Basically, uh, you ha your name has to start with a K in order to work at KLRN. Um, I don't know if that's official HR policy, but that's what it is. But Katrina had like texted and said, let's get this podcast going. What could we potentially do? Could we use the community vision? Right. We'll tell more stories. It'll be amazing. And for the last year, that's exactly what we've been doing. We've been bringing in individuals who are working inside organizations that are really moving the needle on San Antonio's community vision. And we've talked about it, but we haven't really sort of given the overview and uh, understanding of what the community vision is in general. And also it's the year 2020 and every January we release a report on the progress that San Antonio has been making towards the shared community vision. And so what a perfect time for us to have a conversation about the progress that we just recently updated the community on as well as the challenges that lie before us. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting, right? We've said this, it's one of our favorite talking points, the idea that San Antonio, Texas uh, is the only large city in the United States of America that has a community vision written by the people who live here, a separate nonprofit, right, that holds the community accountable to that community vision, and then more than 160 multi-sector institutions aligning their work to make the vision a reality. That includes KLRN um, and 160 other multi-sector institutions. Um, and yeah, there's like something very special about that. Uh, it's been a decade since the community, oh, nearly a decade since the community wrote its first vision, um, ranging from uh, having educational opportunities for everyone, no matter their zip code and economic prosperity for all uh, to be the safest big city in the United States with the healthiest residents and a transportation system that is efficient and allows people to walk, wheel or ride wherever they want to go. Um, and a slew of other things, right? Um, and I think what's been really powerful to watch over the last near decade is some of the progress that has been made while also highlighting very specific, complex community challenges that just need more alignment and more attention. Which has been where this podcast was born. Um, the effort to say the story goes when it comes to education or economic development or transportation, oftentimes we're not telling the complete story of San Antonio. And at SA 2020, we believe that we get to have a unique bird's eye view of the community by tracking the community indicators that are driving progress towards community results, while also partnering with multi-sector organizations, and then just keeping an eye on basically research and what the landscape of change that's happening both nationally as well as locally. Yeah, the running joke sort of in our office is when we do presentations we typically ask people like have you ever heard of SA 2020 you know raise your hand and like the whole room's hands will go up and then we say okay what do we do every single day and keep your hands raised if you know that and all the hands go down and I think it's because of the the way in which we function like it's research and it's partnering and it's convening and it's facilitation and it's understanding data and the most recent report that came out sort of gives us 
it's a resource, right, for you to be able to utilize both um, in your daily life, in your work, um, or in your public service, or in your volunteerism efforts, or philanthropic giving, um, understanding sort of the uh, organizations or where your family may lay on or lie on this sort of continuum of uh, services that are provided in our community. Um, but it's there for you to understand sort of where we are moving closer to the vision of prosperity that we said we wanted for our city and where we might be um, not doing so well. So the we should probably get this question out of the way. I don't know if you know, Molly, but it's it is actually 2020. What? <laughs> Do you, I, I don't know if, does this organization that we work at what? have a plan at all? Yeah, so I think it's interesting that the idea that there's, there's been a near decade since it's happened. We're now in the year 2020, and what do we do next? And we say we keep going, right? Like, that's sort of the conversation that we've been having uh, internally. Um, the community vision allows us to have this great agenda for policy making and program and resource development to understand where we could be shifting resources, programs, dollars, um, talent uh, in the spaces where community need is greatest. So why would we stop that just because the year 2020 is here? So we launched um, a year-long community engagement process that we are currently in the midst of. Um, and we'll be doing that throughout the entire year. This podcast is part of that community engagement strategy. We want you to tell us what are the topics that you want to hear from, et cetera. So, and in fact, what we've already seen, right, we have close to 2,000. The first part of this engagement process has been a community engagement survey that we've kicked back out to the community in person, online. It's in Spanish. It's in English. And we have been asking a couple of the same questions that were a part of the original visioning process in 2010. 10, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's fun to kind of figure out if if we're seeing the same things rise to the top, right? What do you want to see maintained and preserved over the course of the next decade? And what, what might you want to see improved or changed over the next decade? Um, originally, culture, San Antonio's culture kept rising to the top as something to maintain or preserve. And that's still, which we're seeing again. Yeah, it's still rising to the top. And what rose to the top in the first round was education. And it's still rising to the top um, as one of the top that and public transit. Um, are both continuing to rise to the top, which is interesting because those also offer some of the areas that need a more complete story anyway. And it's also what the community has said over and over and over again when it comes to education, that this is a top priority because it is understood as the lever by which we can shift outcomes for the community across all areas of community results and make the greatest impact towards San Antonio's community vision. In fact, during, right after the original visioning process, one of the big, bold efforts that emerged was pre-K for SA. Yeah, which is interesting. I, you know, I'm I'm excited to, be, to talk more specifically about how pre-K for SA is a is a perfect opportunity to talk about how individuals, policymakers, city leadership, city departments, multi-sector institutions, um, all came together to sort of figure out what would it mean to make San Antonio. Uh, San Antonio students kinder ready, right? Um, and pre-K for SA uh, went on the ballot, I think, in 2012. Um, it was passed, uh, and it will take us through 2021, actually. This particular um, first bonds or first uh, vote would take us through that. This one-eighth cents sales tax that helps uh, fund pre-K for SA. Um, and we've seen some really great 
uh, outcomes from that. What's so brilliant about PK for SA is that it shows that everyone is capable of affecting change, mm-hmm. right? There were individual voters That's right. who went to the polling booths and polling stations and and said, yes, we want this in San Antonio. And we've just said out loud that no matter your zip code, we want folks in San Antonio at every age to have a quality education beginning at the age of pre-K, right? And now the first cohort of kids that went through pre-K is now in third grade. Um, The Urban Education Institute at UTSA has studied this particular group of students and seen that their average state, or sorry, their average reading and math scores are exceeding the average state scores for reading and math. Yeah, by like 12 to 18 percent. Right. Significantly. Yeah. So we're seeing some really positive shifts. And what we're showing, right, when we think about it, because the community said kinder readiness was important to them, right, to achieve this vision for education, that educational opportunity could be provided to everybody, no matter their zip code. Um, The interesting part of that then, right, is that this targeted effort not only serves the 2,000 students that come to the four uh, pre-K for SA sites, but they're also doing really amazing work in professional development. They're doing amazing work in grant making, right? And they'll ultimately, I think, reach over 440,000 students uh, by the year 2021. Right. So we know the ripple effect that this has even on a child's life for their for a lifetime. I I think it's obvious. I, I went to pre-K. I did too, I, which is... <laughs> it's working. It's ha- yes, it, it is. <laughs> As we sit here in a closet. I did. I um, I always say I went to pre K. I went to pre K, and then I skipped kindergarten. Oh, That's right. Snap. I just put it right down. Oh wow. Uh, there. That's... Yeah. There. What more proof is needed <laughs> than the two of us in this <laughs> in this closet? So we know we've made significant progress with early childhood education. Yeah, we've and... also seen some amazing progress in high school graduation. Yes. Right? Also, one of the earliest sort of big bold efforts that the community rallied around. Yeah, we're sitting at around like eighty nine percent high school graduation rate. And I think we started maybe 88%. Sorry, it could be off by a percentage. We started at about 74% high school graduation rate in Bear County. And when we say telling the complete story, it means both celebrating successes and highlighting challenges side by side in our community. So while we've done really well with high school completion, for example, we know that everything after um, college readiness, college enrollment, college completion, workforce development um, is not doing as well. And it's flatlined. Yeah, it's uh, we're across the board, right, flatlining. And what we're seeing is there's some, like, interesting stuff that we're seeing in that, which is um, what is happening. We know that jobs today are requiring something beyond high school. We've been saying it for a minute, right? By the year 2020, and here we are, 60% of jobs will require something beyond a high school degree. Right. And here, here we are, and we're not seeing sort of that shift or that movement. And I think the conversation then becomes like, okay, what are we doing in our community? And this again goes back to, we know that targeted interventions really, really work, right? So you're seeing things like the Alamo uh, Alamo Promise, you're seeing UTSA's Bold Promise, right? These are sort of gap funding for students who are coming in, have filled out their financial aid, maybe have a, uh, they haven't quite gotten all of their schooling covered these kinds of programs will help do that. Aspire out of Texas A&M University San Antonio is a collaborative effort with seven Southside school districts, something that is 
brand new to our community. It's never been done before to see this sort of like partnering between school districts and a local university to really figure out how to make sure that they're offering the types of programs students need in order to join the workforce. For Project Quest, we had David Zamiello as a guest who leads a nonprofit organization that is similarly thinking through what is the full breadth of support that students need, um, that adults need in order to get into college and stay in college and receive that degree. We even kicked off the entire podcast uh, with now a staff member at, at SA2020, Jessica Gutierrez, who had gone back to college, right? She went through the um, upgrade program at San Antonio Education Partnership, basically helping her get back into school. She just completed her associate's degree. So there are things happening in our community that are sort of stepping stones or like helping us move towards more college attainment because we know um, the SA2020 talent dividend tells us that if we were to increase college attainment, we're talking bachelor's degrees or higher in the San Antonio metro region um, by about 1%, which is about 14,000 degrees, we could see a $1.4 billion economic return to our community. So we then know, right, that it's not just the students that are um, that benefit from the degree itself, our entire community, our economic resources, our civic engagement, our education long-term, all benefits from from um, making sure that this is there, which I, I consistently say backwards, right? Like we clearly knew that in 2010, which is why as a community, we prioritized college attainment. And that's why <laughs> we're good. We're solid. Yeah, we got it. Everything's fixed. It's fine. Um, when we say after high school, yeah. right? Everything after high school that we know that also includes professional certificates. That's right. And that we have work to do in that area. That's right. It actually has gone backwards, uh, professional certificates. So as we're seeing sort of, right, the employment rate in target industries, things like advanced manufacturing or uh, IT, um, uh, healthcare, biosciences, we um, this past year, right, spoke to uh, Jenna Sauceda Herrera from the Economic Development Foundation, um, who the target industries are very specific to their potential for growth, right? Um, we're seeing sort of this, the, the a lack of professional certificates being done. And we know that many of these uh, jobs need something in order to, to be able to take them, which brings us right again to this sort of idea of complete stories, which is um, if we're serious about making sure that we're increasing professional certificates, we also need to be mindful of where are we seeing potential targeted interventions that we could do, which is uh, when we look at something like recidivism rates, right? So somebody gets into um, the criminal justice system, um, and then once they're in it, one time we want to get them out of it. And the challenge with going into the criminal justice system is it immediately starts to inflict other challenges, right? Right. A person gets flagged. Right. Right. And it's the things that are required to leave the system and have a successful life, be able to get a driver's license, be able to get a job, be able to um, return to an education, increase your education if that's what it needs in order to get that job or um, improve the well-being of you yourself and your family are things that um, oftentimes because of that record itself um, prevent a person from being able to move forward. So an example of that would be actually um, professional certificates. That's right. Like if you what would it look like, right, if we were really targeting sort of um, a population, we know that our recidivism rate is not going down, it's actually going up, which means people getting into the system once and then returning again and again. And what would it look like to intervene potentially right after that first time and figure out how to shift into how do we get professional certificates, which would, could lead to better housing, which could lead to better jobs, which could get them 
fully out of the system, right? And just like pre-K, right, because we know that we said out loud the vision that we wanted for education and we were able to accomplish something like pre-K together, um, it was a individuals as well as people across sectors, changing policies, changing budgets, changing the way that programs and services were delivered, we know that similarly shows us that change is possible in these other areas as well. The progress that we are proud of is not by happenstance. And that then is the significance of the complete story. That's right. It's also the significance really of a community vision, which sort of pushes us to accomplish things together, right? So the things like you may have heard, right, that San Antonio is one of the top, uh, it was one of the top cities for college educated millennial growth. That's not by happenstance. It's not like Young people with college degrees are just moving here because they are like throwing a dart at the map. They they know. Right. And what we're hearing most uh, uh, most of the time is it's around our affordability in our community, in our arts and culture. Right. That is driving people here. And at the same time that we have been working diligently to increase our workforce. Right. And our target industries. Um, we are seeing uh, one in three people not able to afford the homes that they live in. Um, right. And second to homes. Right. So we know with affordability is spiking. We know that there's concerns in San Antonio for folks when it comes to their homes. And second to that, and affordability has to do with transportation yeah. and expenses from gas and maintenance. It's about you're spending about twelve thousand dollars a year for transportation um, just to maintain your car, basically, uh, in San Antonio. So your top typical your top expense is going to be housing. Second will be transportation. Which then brings us back to the stat you shared about education, right? We know that a targeted intervention in education uplifts the entire community. Similarly, we know that a targeted intervention in transportation will elevate the entire San Antonio community because it affects things not only like workforce development, but also education, also civic engagement. Yeah, we I'm had... thinking I'm thinking of Paula Gold Williams saying to us, there was a moment in college where she thought, well, Hmm. Should I enroll in the next semester, right? Or do I keep going? Uh, I'm having a challenge in terms of public transportation and getting to university, or should I? Do I just need to get a job and get a car? Right. And there's a connect that strong connection between transportation and education, even the life story of a community leader like Paula Gold Williams. That's right. And I think the the interesting component of that too is this idea that if we think of transportation as just the thing and not the lifeline between us and our education or our jobs or our health care provider, then we're missing sort of a, a grander picture of that. When uh, Jeff Arndt from VIA was here with us, he spoke very specifically about some um, work that they're, they've are they been doing in, at VIA Transit and then also the things that they would like to do. Um, you know, uh, last year, I guess 2018, 2019, the city and the county did pretty big investments into VIA Transit. They ended up looking at about 18 different lines that sort of go all over right. our community. Right. But it was, again, a very targeted intervention. Can we reduce um, the wait time? time yeah. yeah, the wait time. So instead of it taking you uh, even an hour to get from one side to the other, now it's 30 minutes. Right, or right? 30 minutes to 15 minutes. So pretty significant reductions with that investment. Yeah, absolutely. And what they are now showing is in 2019, ridership went up. So more people are utilizing public transit. So for those of you who enjoy your cars, it just means more people off the streets. 
we started this by saying that in this community engagement process and in the last near decade now, education has risen to the top, right? And what we're seeing also um, is transportation is rising to the top. Mm -hmm. This is an area that folks across San Antonio are wanting to improve and change. And folks are seeing the connection and not only between transportation and education, but the connection between those two areas as well as the entire community vision. We're basically also saying to you uh, throughout the course of the next year, as we're doing this community engagement process, we'll also be bringing more people in to talk about the efforts that they're working with and under and leading um, in an effort to bring us closer to our community vision. Um, like we're committing to that. That's what this partnership between SA2020 and KLRN is all about, telling you this complete story. Which is so important because we... Uh, Right, Molly, I'm looking at you. The two of us sit in this all day with the SA2020 team. We carry the community impact report around in our backpacks, right? Because <laughs> we we're also nerds. <laughs> and, and so sometimes when we're sharing this, we realize that it can be overwhelming. We're talking about just a couple of a handful of stories in this conversation today. Mm-hmm. And there's so much information that is in our brains that it with this unique bird's eye view of what's happening in San Antonio. And the point of a little bit of this both recap or this conversation today is to show that there are individuals who are leading change. There is incremental change that we need to be celebrating together and also some serious challenges that we can look at and recognize that as individuals, we make up these larger systems that we are seeking to change and that change is possible. Yeah, I think it leads back, leads us to sort of saying, one, the report itself is a resource to understanding where we are as a community. It's a snapshot, right, to then hopefully our... We, we have T-shirts now, basically, um, that say, be curious. Like, what does it ask? What does it get you to ask? What does it make you want to know more about? Um, and we would be happy, right, if you tweeted your questions like, hey, I want to know more about pick a topic. We would be happy to find the individuals who are doing some really great work in those spaces to talk more specifically about the complete story. You can tweet at KLRN. You can tweet at SA2020. And we can certainly... Um, Uh, capture those and figure out where we go next. Um, But we want to hear from you just as we hope that you want to hear from us and the people we bring in. We also want to hear from you so that we can um, get your input and ideas to reaffirm and strengthen San Antonio's community vision for the next decade. If you go to sa2020.org, there is a five-minute survey that has a couple of those questions um, on what you want to see maintained or changed in the community um, and what your ideas are for how you'll get more involved also. And of course, everything that we've talked about today will be linked on the klrn.org org slash the story goes website so you can go there and grab all the things that you need um it's weird to be like hey kieran thank you for coming in on the story goes today molly thank you so much for sharing your expertise and being so passionate about no no it's weird all right um it's (laughs) oh we have a good whisper what's it what's the t-shirt oh be careful